Hello, and welcome to Conversations Between Widows. I am one of the co-hosts, Tanya Wilson. And I'm your other co-host, LaSharma Jefferson. And we're bringing you weekly conversations about our widow journey. Our purpose is to provide our listeners with a window seat into how two young women who became widows too soon are navigating life after their loss. Our goal is to provide another support system to other widows on the same journey to help them feel less alone. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and shake your head profusely in agreement to what Tanya and I and our guests are talking about. So come on in and enjoy the conversation. Hey, Tanya. Oh, it's going great. How are you today? I'm, I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm doing good. It's a, a fall Sunday. A fall Sunday. Yes, yeah, a little nippy today. You said nippy. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was saying it's not, it's not too cold. Like, I don't need a big jacket, you know, but just a nice, you know, like a long sleeve sweater or a long sleeve shirt with a light jacket like that's doable for me right now well i have on my um sweatshirt but it's crop top but I, because it's cold i had to put on my cami mm-hmm. right it's <laughs> like layers a, you know yeah. fall is all about layers yes and my sweatshirt reads confidence be a challenger so that's what I got on today with my little microphone earrings due to oh. this weather. <laughs> I don't have all my hot girl summer outfit. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm. Hot girl stuff is, is is put away. Look, I'm putting my stuff away um, in my upstairs room, and I'm using my new storage bags um, mm-hmm. that I was introduced to, you know, the ones that, that you vacuum the air out of them i really love those for the space conservation it's like if you don't have a whole lot of storage in your your home and even if you do what i found out you know the larger storage spaces that you have most of us tend to just create more storage more things to store so at some point you're everybody's gonna have to (laughs) find a way to declutter or, you know, to make those, to make the most of their storage spaces. So my little space that I have upstairs, I had all the little storage containers. And it was just like, by the time I put three or four of those in my little space, in my upstairs room and put in the Christmas tree, it's like, I don't have no space up here. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. something had to go. And, you know, in my storage bins, most of those just had clothes in it. You know, so finally I had an epiphany a few weeks ago and I said, oh, you know what? I remember those commercials, you know, with the little vacuum bags. And I said, Mm -hmm. let me try them. So I did it and I absolutely love it. See? Please. Yeah. So I said all of that to say now I am using those storage bags for all my summer clothes. And pulling out everything long sleeve and warm. Yes, that is true. Then you can close up your drawers because right now I can't close mine up because I think I tried the two together. Oh, no. (laughs) I can never do that. (laughs) Yeah, so I think I'm going to have to take the summer out, like you said, try the storage bags because I do have those. I was using those for like the comforters and towels. So I just Mm. need to just expand it a little bit and use it for my other stuff. Yeah, that's that's a good thing right there. I didn't think about using them for um like the, the towels especially, but uh mm-hmm. not the comforters, but yeah, you know, comforters yeah. are pretty big. They are it didn't work with suction in them because my folding game is not the best, <laughs> but I do um for sheets and stuff, I was able to get it to work. Uh, pretty well so I don't know I had to keep at it and see about co- collapsing so I could be able to 
just have room in my my drawers. I'm telling you, you know, but I think a big thing is, I don't know about you, but I have stuff that I'm really hesitant to get rid of. And I'm asking myself, like, why? You know, like I have DVDs and I know some people, you know, so I don't know, I have mine. I boxed them away and I got them here. And I, what I did was got rid of the ones that I really didn't want, I didn't care for, and I kept, like, my favorite stuff. But I'm kind of mm. thinking, in this day and age, I mean, am I really going to pop it into the DVD player that I don't even know where it is right now? It's probably right. one of those storage bins. And if I really want to watch something, you know, from back in the day, you know, you nowadays you can buy it on Amazon for three ninety nine or... If you really just want to watch it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I'm, I'm on a mission, you know, to declutter because I hate keeping that stuff. Because when I when I go through my, my stuff and I'm like, why do you still have this? You know, but then I hear people in the back of my head saying, oh, no, you should keep it. One day I'm going to conquer those little voices telling me to keep stuff that I don't want anymore, you know? I don't think they're like collector's items, you know, that I could, that's going to grow in value or something over the years. I don't think that's going to happen. But anyhow. <laughs> it's going to happen, though. It is. It will happen. Manifest it. Manifest it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So today I know that we were going to talk about a topic that I don't think we really touched on this topic directly and it's funny that we haven't since you know we've been doing this for quite a while but Mm -hmm. it's like when you become a widow your marriage uh, or your marital status yeah it's a it's an immediate change to your marital status and so we recognize that you know because we immediately refer to ourselves as widows you know, but that's kind of like it's a personal thing, you know, amongst our community, you know, where, you know, women who have lost spouses, you know, so we say, OK, yes, I'm a widow. But we a lot of us don't really look at it from the um, the more technical standpoint of how you're literally going from that all respected title of Mrs. And then you're going back to miss. Yeah. And that is pretty dramatic. You know, it's pretty dramatic because in the community of women, we put so much weight and not just women, society as a whole, we put so much weight on being a missus. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's such a very respectable title. You know, it's like when you become a wife, you know, it's almost like you have been elevated, you know, like your position in life has been elevated because you are a wife. And then it's just so brutally snatched away from you mm-hmm. when you lose your spouse, you know. So we just kind of want to talk about that and, you know, the different ways that it affects, you know, our lives and, you know, how we view ourselves losing that title of being a missus how we handle that, you know, in terms of, you know, you have children, you're at the kids' schools, you know, before there used to be a differentiation between, you know, okay, you're not just somebody that has children at the school. Like, you're you're a wife, you know, you're somebody's, right. you're somebody's wife and somebody's mother, you know, but when they take, when that title gets taken away, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, how does that make you feel? Do you, do you feel like it's a demotion? You know? <laughs> I, well, I was telling you um, before when I received the letter, and I believe it was from either Othello's employer or closing out the health insurance, where they said the marriage was dissolved. I don't, don't quote me. It was from somebody. And it just rocked me to my core because that, to me, took away the... MRS and made you the MS. And yeah, you're still, you would still be that person's wife if they were alive. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But in 
law or according to the law here in the United States, <laughs> you know, it's been dissolved once that person has um, died. So it does make you feel some kind of way because your title, it does feel like, and I ain't gonna say a demotion, but it just feels like a, like it was snatched away. Because I, when I think demotion, I think about, you know, you want to, medals and somebody that says, oh, you didn't pass the drug test and they say that's all your medals, girl. We didn't it wasn't that we didn't pass the drug test. It's just the person died. So now you no longer have that title. And that goes for anything that's um legal. Even though I do see doctors where they say now if it's single married widow. So they have all three down there. Uh but and, you know mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, in society, that's how it looked at. But also, I feel I think I felt more of the demotion when it came amongst your peers too, because your peers looked at you like, okay, she's not married no more, or yeah, she look like you are married and you can't be with nobody else. So it, it all depends. Yeah, so it's all about perception, you know. Because yeah. that's interesting. Interesting. I want to go back to what you said about the uh, the forms. You know, and how the forms have married, single, widowed. Yep. Oh, they also have divorced, right? Married, single, oh, divorced. Yes. Widow. And my thing is sometimes I look at these and it's kind of like, why do you want to know? What do you need to know my status for? It's on so mm-hmm. many forms, you know, and I'm like, I just don't get it. If I'm divorced, I mean, like, when you're widowed, I lost my husband. You lost your husband. That is never going to change, right? So it's right. like, so at some point, when does that title then change? You know, like, do I check the widow? And then look, from my my particular circumstances, I've been divorced and mm-hmm. now I'm widowed. So should I be checking both the forms? You know what I mean? It's like, okay, do I check divorced and widowed? And right. then now, because I've been widowed for four years now, I've kind of been wanting to lean towards the single because <laughs> I just kind of feel like, I mean, because it really goes to the question of why. Like, oh, yeah. why is my marital status important to this particular form that I'm filling out? You know, and then I feel like sometimes expectations or it just seems that when you say you're a widow, I don't know. It just feels like, okay, what does that mean to you? The person who is going to receive this form. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to you that I'm widow versus I am no longer a part of a union? Does it matter? Because if I say I'm single, is that necessarily implying that I've never been married? No, yeah. I'm sing I'm single at this point in life while I'm filling out this particular form. Yeah. And unless me being unless the fact that I lost my husband is going to be some type of, you know, it's gonna get me some type of benefit. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why somebody needs to know whether I'm widowed or whether I'm divorced. Right. You know, I think that yeah. might be something to research. I'm gonna have to look at that a little bit more in depth and find yeah. out. Like, what are you looking for on your end when you get this is, form back? Yeah, is it like that's how they judging, or that is that how they ruling? If you get, you know, get something done, is it a certain marker that goes into their system that notifying? Okay, this was the married one. This was the one. Um, All right. It probably should be like race. You know, now the race has when you have to identify your race. There's an option to um, prefer not to answer. <laughs> to answer. It probably should be one when it comes to what is your uh, relationship status? Because that's basically what they're asking. You're single, you're married. What's going on now? For tax purposes, that does come up a lot because that's how the filing is. So maybe that needs to be restructured as well purposes of how the filing works. But I agree with you. Like, why are you, why do you need that information? If it's not taxes, why do you need to know that information? Does that make me less qualified to get the house if I'm going for a house? It doesn't exactly. make me less quali- qualified if I'm going for a car. You know what I'm saying? All right, I, I say I all you it. need to all you need to know is what this income is. <laughs> 
and what, my and income, my credit score, all of that. They 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 want too much information on mm-hmm. us, you know. And then from a societal standpoint, uh, I think with women, women have to deal with so much judgment, right? You know, and I think that when we, um, that's why sometimes I think women are so much more pressured, like to be married. Because it's almost like it's this, it's this black, you know, dot on you if you haven't gotten married or if you don't yes. have children, you know. And it's like you are, you're less, you're lacking something in your life. But we don't look at men like that, you know. When men don't have wives or they don't have children, we don't look at them like, oh, you haven't gotten married? What's wrong? Mm-hmm. Or, or are you thinking, oh, this, they got to really be regretting that. You know, it's like for a man not to be married, he could still be considered happy, uh, successful. You know, we're not judging him on the quality of his life based on whether or not he's married or he has produced a child. But yes. women are constantly, you know, still judged on these things. I think I was how we even came up with this topic. One of the things I had mentioned to you, I went to a comedy show uh, yes. last week with my dad uh, from my birthday weekend. Mm-hmm. And the comedian was talking about, you know, he started pointing out men and asking if the woman that he was with, if that was his wife or his girlfriend. And mm. he said, if he said it was his girlfriend, the comedian says, oh, she ain't shit. What? And then, yes, that's what he said. And then it was like, if it was the wife, oh, she a wife? Okay, round of applause, round of applause. You know, so it was like this round of applause mm. that came for the woman that was the wife. Because he said, you know, hey, you know, that that's a respectable woman. You know, she's a married woman. And I'm just thinking, of course, I'm sitting in the chair. And I'm just thinking, well, my goodness, am I not shit? <laughs> because I am not somebody's wife anymore. And I'm like, I don't feel that my value as a woman should be judged on whether I'm a wife or a girlfriend. I deserve the same level of respect mm-hmm. in either one of those roles. You know what I mean? Right. And and I don't know if um, I do know from a security standpoint, absolutely, it is a big difference between being a wife and a girlfriend. But that's for that woman to mm-hmm. deal with. You know what I'm saying? Because when I was married to, like when I was with my husband before we had gotten married, you know, we were, we dated. We were seeing each other for five years before we got married. And I definitely saw the difference um, when after he and I got married, my husband's father passed away, maybe like two years before my husband died. And Mm -hmm. he had had a longtime girlfriend. They had been living together, you know, for like 10 years. Mm. And when the when the father passed away, that woman, even though she had been sharing the last 10 years of her life with this man, helping take care of him when he became ill and everything. Mm. At the end of the day, she did not get the respect that a wife would have gotten. You know, she did not get the Mm. honor that a wife would have gotten. And then she also didn't have any security in that relationship based on what she invested. Because I think they were living, they were renting the house that they were living in. But if she had moved into his house and it was just his house, not hers, her name's not on anything, you know, she would have still been in the same predicament, whether they were renting or he had owned that house because she didn't have it. She didn't make herself secure in that relationship from a financial position. But again, I say that should fall on her as a woman, not for society to be looking at her. Oh, she's just a girlfriend. Because if you took a wife and a girlfriend and they're both loving a man and you know, you're committed to this man and you're helping Mm -hmm. him and taking care of him. They're still doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, there are benefits to being a wife. And, uh, you know, there are some benefits to being a girlfriend. 
some. Yeah. I mean, we don't necessarily focus on those, but I think it all depends on the level of risk, you know, that you start taking on in a relationship. But I, I was, you know, I was offended, you know, that he was saying the girlfriends wasn't shit. Yeah, I, I, that was very disrespectful. Yeah, that's his insecurity. <laughs> that sounded like he was coming from a, 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 a what you call it, a trigger. <laughs> he was coming from one of those triggers that some for some reason he think girlfriends ain't nothing. Nobody jumps from dating to uh, a wife overnight, at least not lately. Maybe back in the day, maybe back in the you know before. Uh, Biblical times after, you know, Christ. Maybe or two, in or, a movie. Right, and then just the way, um, you know, the you way was, society has evolved. Yeah, like, women are, had to get married back in the day. Yeah, you start off a girlfriend, you know, or a friend. They use the word friend, but that it's girlfriend, honey. Anytime you are consistent with somebody, you they girlfriend. <laughs> don't, <laughs> let them, don't let them fool you. Now, they might not give you your title. They might call oh. you that friend, but you, yeah, yeah. But let me tell you, but but if they That's are calling you, but if, right, if they're calling you a friend and you feel like you're performing girlfriend type stuff, it's time for a conversation. It's time for a conversation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because if or the man time. is not claiming you as a girlfriend, mm-hmm. we need to we need to um we need to discuss what's really going on here. Either I need to st- take a step back. Or we might need to dissolve this because we don't have the same. <laughs> we're not yeah, on the, the same, same page here. <laughs> yeah, we're not on the same page. It's a relationship. Let me put it. Let me go back. Maybe not the girlfriend, but you're in a relationship. So it might yes. not be, you know, we boyfriend and girlfriend per se, but there is a relationship. There's a bond that you and that person has uh, uh, formed. I do agree. I believe it's common law that you were speaking about earlier with it's the girlfriend but she's been with the man for so long mm-hmm. that it's could it should be in some states they do practice common law some states they don't so you gotta know which state you um belong to i have heard where you know you be with this person 30 40 years and the family can boot you out mm. something happens to that spouse because that person, you, yes yeah because you have not been with you have not been married and see, yeah. that's where you got to know what kind of family you're dealing with. And sometimes they might pull the okie doke. Oh, that's what I was going to say. You don't, you don't know. Because yeah, yeah, people, but... people can pretend, you know, that everything is everything. You find out how people really feel, mm-hmm. you know, when that person does pass away. You know, yeah. because they may have only been respecting you or being kind to you in that person's presence. Mm-hmm. You know what that I mean? That is true. Yeah. I, with me and you were talking about that um, when I was talking about some things, some revelations um, amongst some of the, you know, things I've learned since being on this journey. I don't want to give out too much because I'm not at that space yet. But I, I told you before, I felt like some people only dealt with me because of my husband. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Once that relationship was done they were done and it, it took me a while to really uh get past that because i was like i did this i did that i paid for this i took you here i'm taking you there i cook i'm making sure you got an oxtail plate too <laughs> I oxtails ain't cheap i don't know if you hear any of my um people that be cooking oxtails or southern cookers out there but y'all know them oxtails ain't cheap I'm going out there buying oxtail so we can make sure we have enough. And you cut somebody off completely just mm. like that. That's a that that's hurtful. So imagine being in a family for 30, 20, 30 some years, and then they pass or something happens and then you get cut off. Yeah, and that's terrible. And you know what's bad? Cause like I'm at a state in in my widow journey mm-hmm. where <laughs> I I'm, I don't want to say I'm anti-marriage, but I would definitely say I'm not, it's not my goal, like, to remarry at this point. And I'm dating someone, and I'm, I'm happy with this person. And it's funny, I go through periods where sometimes, like, when they're around, 
you know, I'm like, oh, I really like this. I like, you know, him being here. And then when they're not here, I can really miss them. But when I think about every day and just mm. the things, you know, that you deal with in marriage, I'm like, oh, I don't want that. However, mm-hmm. here's where it gets tricky. Because then if the relationship goes into a longer term relationship, right? that's when I have to like, man, well, if you decide to stay with this person long term, that's when you have to think about the security aspect and the risk. You know, if you start living together and things of that nature, it is important, you know, to for both people to pr- protect themselves and protect what you're building together, you mm-hmm. know, because when you start when you're older and you're in your 40s and 50s and people have children from, you know, past relationships, you don't want these persons to be able to come in and just totally invalidate your presence in this person's life because maybe they didn't get to know you because if you're not living together, you're not this big happy family. It's not like really blending a family when kids are older. You know, right. you have so many choices. You don't have to come around dad and his girlfriend if you don't want to. So you may not really get to know this new person in their life, you know, but the relationship should be respected. But unfortunately, when you don't make it legal, you lose all rights. Yeah. So I'll have to consider that further, you know, like the longer this relationship goes on, you know, to be like, oh, what am I doing here? Or do I just want to, I mean, I don't even know if that's possible to just cut off a relationship, like, like an expiration date. Like, okay, I've been with you for five years now. Yeah. It's time for us to break Three up. Five. <laughs> time for us to go. It, it, it's been real. It's, it's been probably, real. It's probably some people out there that's like that. Well, I will say this, where I'm at with marriage. I don't know. We'll see what the future holds. I've been so eager and so fix on controlling the narrative mm-hmm. <laughs> like i'm gonna do this when i'm this age i'm gonna be this person i'm gonna do that i'm gonna get the masters i'm gonna get the the engineering degree i get the masters i'm gonna be married by this time i'm gonna have a kid by this time i have another kid by this time i have my house that right. when you thought you thought you had it all worked yeah out. and then death happened in all three of the you know and i experienced my grandma and my husband and that just rocked everything to the core so I try not to be that same Tanya, but I do like being uh, married. Now, I ain't going to just marry anybody. (laughs) We ain't doing that, but I did like being, but marriage is hard. It's not something where, oh, it was easy peasy and we didn't have any problems. Again, I said, when you say you don't have any problems, that means you folded. I'm a dominant person. Like, I mean, when I say dominant, I'm more like, I'm a leader. Yeah, um, you're boisterous. My, yeah, mm-hmm. and my zodiac sign. So for me to sit up here and say, you're not going to have an argument with Tanya, that's not going to be the case. You know, we might not get a, you might not like how I react to something. I might not like how you react to something, but that's just how it is. I'm a fire sign. When you're fire signs, you're fire. That means you bring that spice you know relationship mm-hmm. you're not always arguing but you ain't you gonna stay on your ground and you ain't gonna let nobody walk over you mm-hmm. so you know but with that being said me and my husband were two opposite signs he was more probably quieter i was more of a kind of leader and we fit you know but yeah, you know, opposites attract <laughs> yeah but yeah they, uh we still had moments where we you know we didn't get along all the time we got along sometimes but you know, most of the time, but there were some times where you have those deep, deep conversations or those deep, deep arguments and stuff, and you have to mentally be prepared for that in a marriage. And now to do it again, because I did it once, and now I was making it. I I felt just like some of the widows I hear that says, we were finally at our happy space, our happy mm-hmm. moment, and then it fell apart. I kind of felt that way, too, with mine. I was like, oh, we was in our space. We had a routine. Our son, we was talking about a second kid, possibly trying for that. Uh, and yes, trying for that, because I was on somebody's birth control. I can't, yeah. Uh, Tanya said she was still trying to control the narrative because back-to-back babies, it depreciates down there, honey. I was in my 30s. It depreciates. It's not like it's 
elasticity and it's boom, you're back to normal, blah, blah, blah. No, I had hemorrhoids and everything after that kid came out. But um, I would say, you know, yeah, let's try for another kid. We was moving into a house. I never, I said, I remember telling him I would never want to buy a house. And then here I was buying a house. So I, I had to realize you can't say never when you was doing what you want, you know, was trying to purchase this house. But again, it came with growth. It came with maturity. And then it fell in, you know what I'm saying? So that taught me that I have control over it. I would enjoy dating. I think um, we had a conversation with um, uh, Fly Widow, Alicia Reed, uh, Alicia, sorry, Alicia Reed. And she was saying that she would love to, or I saw her on something, she said she would love to travel. I feel like we had a conversation too. Uh, But she'd love to travel with somebody or date, like travel to where they at or date. And that's the same here. I would love to uh, probably, you know, do a little travel stuff like that, but it depends on the scenario. It depends on where I'm at in life. And I am a young kid. So that that's that plays a huge factor, but I'm with you on that. To get married is work. And you you have already done it. You know yeah, and like you said, now you had you liked being married. Yeah, you had a good experience being married. Me, I would say the only thing that I liked about being married was the stability that it provided. Because I was never much of a like a dater, like oh I'm gonna go out with this person, I'm gonna go out with this person. I never really did that. I'm very much a very settled type of a person. So I did like, you know, just dealing with this one person. But in terms of the actual, the for better or for worse, (laughs) when it get worse and when you have a lot of the worst part of it, it definitely taints that whole institution. I mean, I'm telling you, I find myself sitting and thinking when I'm in my space at home and things mm-hmm. are quiet and it's just peaceful. And I'm like, man, I love this. But I do fast forward in my mind and say, will you still love this? You know, when you are 50 and 60, you know, like not having someone to share your life with. You know, right. as they say, you know, you can have all these great things going on in life, but if you don't have people to share it with, or if you don't have that special someone to share it with, you know, you can feel like you're lacking, you know? So I got a lot of, um, you know, talking to myself to do, and I, I don't know, maybe it's just healing. You know, I think I really need yes. to continue healing from, you know, past relationship experience, not just the past with my late husband, but even with my, you know, my ex-husband, you know, just you got to get over some things before you can really truly move on, you know, because I I feel like even into my new relationship, I have brought some baggage, you know, and I I have to constantly work to not make him responsible, you know, for when I get triggered with something. And I have to try to remember, hey, he's a totally different person. Yeah, this does kind of remind you a little bit about so-and-so, but this is this person. Oh, it sounds like you've been talking to Taya. I have. That's not the same person. It's the trigger. It's triggering you. Yes. I mean, you mentioned about healing. I wanted to go back to that because Charlamagne off of the Breakfast Club uh, mentioned it. And he said it so clearly, I think, a week ago, or maybe it was last week, where he was like, he said, when you're going through the healing process, it's not easy, and it doesn't mean it won't hurt. Mm-hmm. And that that that's the issue. You know, that's the problem right there. We think, oh, healing, oh, we're going to feel humble as we go through the process. No, you're not. Yeah. It's like a um, two-way mirror. You see yourself. And it's looking inside yourself, getting past those demons and getting over it. Um, I read a book uh, by Gina Carter. Uh, We had her on the show, Robbed by Death Twice. And she even mentioned some of those triggers she had as she went through, you know, as she explains the, you know, her dad and her um, husband and the similarities and how she got to this, you know, moment in time. 
And I think it's the same here with me uh, with triggers. Like, okay, dating again is a trigger because am I good enough? And that could come back from, you know, insecurities I have about my dad. I didn't think those bothered me, but him not Mm -hmm. being a dominant presence in the household, it did somewhat bother me. Am I good enough? You know, I went through school. I was always the odd one. That's why I like uh, Issa Rae's uh, Awkward Black Girl or when she does Insecure. And she's always mm-hmm. the awkward black one because I felt her on that because I was always, I felt like I was a little awkward, but it wasn't that I was awkward. I felt like I was, I was raised by an older generation. My mom had me at 41, mm-hmm. you know, and my dad was 46. So, you know, that's a, that's an older generation, honey. They got right. like all the young and spunkiness. They don't have 10,000 cousins. Your cousin is 50, okay? <laughs> you folks, they 50. That's your cousin. So it, it, sometimes you don't have all those young cousins. I had some, I have a lot on my mom's side, my grandma's side. I mean, sorry, my dad's side, there was. There was too much that I couldn't keep up. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> who, who was that? Like, who is that? So you kind of try to find, fit yourself in a situation. Plus, that was that's a blended situation. He mm-hmm. had kids previously by someone else. And now here I come late. You're late because my siblings are well older than me. Right, right now yeah. looking at you like, uh, yeah. So what's going on? Yeah, so it's always been an awkward situation, but it also plays in that I feel like because I always wanted that you know happy. Like I get, um, I ain't gonna say jealous, but I I feel some kind of way when I see big families. I feel happy because I'm like, oh, they got a big family. I always wanted a big family. That's how I feel. And I always look for that. That's what I always, you know, wanted to gain, you know, with marriage was, you know, have the extended family. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the extended family. But then, like I said, it was cut in half. Now, I do still talk to my in-laws. I have had a positive experience. (laughs) have never had the negative experience like some widows have after their spouse uh, passed. But it's and, you know, going out here dating, I like somebody with a big family, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it, it, you know, will I be accepted? And it's, it just goes back to the triggers from um, the dad not being around, the triggers from school, being the awkward one, the triggers from college. You know, college, I had fun. I had fun. Yeah. <clears throat> but that, you that know, was, that, the other thing that's interesting, because like now that you've had this experience, you know, kind of like with your mm-hmm. um you know, losing your husband and then in the in the process of, you know, the, the husband being gone, also losing those friendships that yep. you thought were yours as well. You yeah. know, so you'll probably have to, you know, like when you do transition into another relationship, because it will happen. And when <laughs> that happens, you know what, you're going to have to be mindful. Like, does did this situation with your late husband, how it, how it's going to change you? Is it going to change how you relate to your new guy's friends? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, will it make, will it make you do things a little bit differently? Like, will you still try to be as friendly, you know, with new people that you meet through him? What do you, do you think that that might affect you in that way? Yes and no. Um, I don't want to be telling all of my business because I like, you know, I like people. I, regardless, I might be quiet, but once you get me talking, girl, you can't shut me up. But <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be that person. <laughs> I do want to be reserved, but not enough to be like, what's wrong with her? She don't talk. She's, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I, well, you, you still want to yeah. be yourself, but yeah. like, you know, when you lose a spouse and it's, you know, it's the first time, hopefully, it doesn't happen again. You know what I mean? It's like nobody wants to have to go through that more than once. But when you have experiences, it can't help but to change you, you know, because you learn something mm-hmm. that you didn't know that was even that people were capable of. You know, you just don't know. And so I would think for you, because you're a very friendly person, you know, and you... um you know, when you meet people, you're going to be your genuine self. And I do wonder, like, when that next time comes, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, when you were making the, the, the gumbo or the, uh, what did you say, the 
The oxtails, girl. The oxtails, yeah, right. The you ox, know? Girl, that's Making a whole the story. oxtails, you know, for your husband, friend. Like, would you would you do that again? Or do you think it might make you say, oh, well, you know, I'll just hold a little bit of myself back. Do you think that you have that self-preservation kind of well, in I'll your head I'll, somewhere? I would have to practice what I preach. But you don't let the triggers come into the next relationship, right? That probably would trigger me because what happened was I was cooking Sunday dinner and he and my husband said, hey, so-and-so is coming over. I'm in the middle of like, I only got two little packages of oxtails now. What he going to eat? So I go and top my <laughs> little butt over to Kroger and got another package of oxtails because, yes, you can get you used to get them from Kroger's. <laughs> the grocery stores are looking a little scarce right now. But, a little bleak. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, girl, it's like a, a zombie apocalypse in the grocery store right now. Like, where to be? Um, so I went and, you know, got another package, which oxtails are not cheap. I think they were like 19 a pack. Dump them in there. And I made, you know, again, made the accommodation because I do not want anybody to feel uncomfortable. Now, going into the next relationship, I would ask to be given a heads up if somebody was coming over. And then I probably would ask, well, do, should I cook something? Because <laughs> my husband never said oh, go cook something. I don't think he ever says, give him a piece of that chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I just did it, and he just knew, it's just, it was just a no, like, he already knew I was that type of person. He didn't have to say it. Or mm-hmm. maybe he didn't need me to do it. You know what I'm saying? But I guess that would be a conversation I would have the next person, like, somebody come over, you want me to be, and I'm in there cooking. <laughs> you want me to fix that? Get them a, uh, some food. Right, like, like, are we are we inviting them to dinner just because yeah. they're coming over? Are they dinner guests or are they just sitting on the the chair right. for twenty minutes? Yes. Right. Are they just stopping by? <laughs> yeah. And my food used to be smelling good, honey. I was in an apartment, so that was like a two room apartment, one level. You couldn't help but smell them oxtails. Just saying. Yeah, well, that that was that was very thoughtful of you, and um, that reminded me of my husband. He was the type of person that if somebody came in the house, mm-hmm. and this is just me, because I would, and you know what, how you're raised definitely plays a part in you know kind of who you become. So when he was raised, he grew up with a large family where you know cousins or whoever might come over. So it was mm-hmm. very automatic for him to offer stuff to people you know and with me I was always used to making very small meals like just enough (laughs) the only time I would make a big meal was if it was something that I couldn't help but make big and that would be like a pile of lasagna if I had lasagna I would definitely offer to share it to you know if somebody came over but if you came over and I was just making some chicken and my family was a family of five I would probably make no more than 10 pieces of chicken. (laughs) So it really wasn't a lot of room for extras. And because my mom and dad, they weren't really ones that had guests at the house. Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up with people that they came over and you said, oh, you want something to drink? Oh, you want something to eat? And so with me merging my life with somebody like my husband, who did offer, that would like drive me crazy. Because I wouldn't have even thought like how you wouldn't got the the extra oxtails, you know, to have something to accommodate this person. Yeah, that was not me. I would be like, uh, what he gonna eat? Yeah, (laughs) I was in there, and luckily he caught me at the beginning. That's why I assumed he wanted me to include him into dinner. Because, you know, oxtails in a crock pot, in a crock pot takes a while. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have, I didn't do the old school with the pressure cooker. And when I say pressure cooker, I ain't talking about the Instant Pot. I'm talking about the... Yes. You hit the... You open the pot, it might, you know, take your eyeball out if you yes. the pressure just right. I, I was doing the crock pot version of it. And I was getting... I was seasoning. I was getting it together. I was like, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> come in and tell me. I was just like looking at him for a long time, like, you what you think I should go get some more another package? And he was, and I don't even know if he's responded. I just know I ended up at Kroger's. I got another package because I was not splitting my package, because you know, it's only so many in a package, maybe six. Right. Mm-hmm. He got six, I got six. What did homeboy get? 
He didn't get nothing. If we, I, I, you know, I and I've never him. had oxtails because they're small. They're like small, right? They're small, but they're kind of like the thing about them is it's like a layer of I want to say fat and yes, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. A layer of fat that surrounds the meat, so you're actually eating the meat. Once you get into it, you're eating the meat off of that, you know, that fatty area. If you can get one that doesn't have a fat on there, girl, you are winning. But some of them do have fat around them. But yeah, that that's it's like a delicacy. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those where it's kind of like gumbo. It comes out in a certain season and that's when they come out. And usually it's, you know, it comes out fall, maybe a little spring where the weather is, you know, mm-hmm. the temperatures are lower than because I don't cook them in the summertime. It's only when uh, no, that's like a weather. fall, fall and winter type of meal. Yeah, fall, winter, maybe a little spring. But I, I just remember sitting there. I had my good seasoning going. I had found me a good oxtail seasoning. Like, yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then he, and I was like, well, "Who's coming? What?" I was like, "Oh." But that wasn't the first time that has happened either, where I had to stop what I'm going there and um, adjust the food situation. So I think that would be a conversation that would, you know, that would have to be had with the next person. Because I just don't want to be taken advantage of. Again, my heart is to give. I'm always a giver. Mm -hmm. There's two things in life. Um, You know, somebody told me once, you got givers, you got takers, you got to know which one you are. I'm a giver. I can just tell out of all the circumstances because I give so much, I'm the one who end up hurt at the end. So I would think in the next relationship that it just be a little equal. You give sometimes <laughs> more than I do. You yeah. give sometimes more than I do. Or if your boy said he coming over or your girl or whoever. They Tell him bring call. something with him. <laughs> yeah, they need to call the night before. Yeah, because when you, you came over, you didn't bring no pop. You ain't brought no bag of chips. You ain't bringing no wine. You ain't bringing some pears, you ain't taking me to the grocery store. You're not doing that. Because, like, it, even in my situation now, when I go over to the family, my, you know, friend's family house, Miss um, Bass, I, you know, she cooks Sunday dinner on there to, you know, ease the pain of me having to cook at home with Ox because she knows I'm at home raising Ox by myself, and I appreciate it. But, you know, my gratitude to her is I spend time with her, I go, to the, you know, I take her to the Eastern Market to the grocery store if she needs to, or I come and you know sit and talk. Sometimes I bring some wine bottles, you know, or something that I got, you know, at the store or whatnot, mm-hmm. and think that would be shareable for everybody. I try to show my gratitude instead of just sitting up at the table eating and don't have it, and that would be, you know, that would be my thing. That's part of the giver situation. Some people are givers and some people are takers. So you you just got to know, and those are triggers. That's something where, you know, that would trigger me. So that's why I say I understand. I have to practice what I preach when I tell you, that, you know, those triggers, the things that's triggering you doesn't mean that person is the same, that same as your, the person that did the trick, that's, that set that trigger into place. Yeah, yeah. Or into control, you know, into motion, set the trigger into motion. But you know, it is hard. It's something you have to practice. It's something you have to do all the time. So, it's hard like, like, like they say, like they say, the work of um, becoming the best version of yourself. Yes, that is constant. You know, it is constant. That's why those affirmations are important. Yes. You know, to constantly, you know, speak positive things over your life and remind yourself of what you want because it is very easy to slip into old habits like if you if you've had a bad habit of like I'll speak for myself downplaying my needs in a relationship if that's been something that I have done you know in most of my um friendships or relationships now that I don't want to do that anymore it takes work and I have to yeah. like be very intentional and I got to catch myself if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm slipping into an old habit, you know, so I have this chalkboard and I wrote some messages on my chalkboard. Oh, and, well, you uh, know, I, I keep mine up there. My One of mine is I am worthy of success and happiness. 
Yeah, I have everything within me to build a life I love. I am loved and supported. My potential for success for success is infinite. And those are the oh, everything I envision is manifesting. Yeah. So what I put on mine most recent, and this is what I like about my chalkboard, because Ooh. what I need to say to myself, it changes. You know, <laughs> and I might need this message this week. And, you know, a month from now, I might need to hear something else or see something else. So what I have on mine is I deserve the best. Number two is my needs are important. Yes. Number three says I will not settle for less than what I want. Mm. Say it again. (laughs) So I put those right on top of my fireplace in my bedroom because I had the office, you know, in my upstairs room. And that's where this chalkboard has been for the past, you know, shoot months. But I say, you know what? I need to bring this down here so that I can put these messages as I need them, you know, and it works. It, it means it's like, I have to remind myself of this stuff, you know? Yeah. And I like, I like I said, I can see the growth that you're speaking of because I feel like in your current relationship, you're more vocal. If it's something you don't like, you speak up. You know, it's times where I was like, yeah, I might not have said nothing, but I like that you did. Because if you don't address it, you can't keep letting it go on and on. And like you said, I, you know, refuse to accept less than what I want. And it is what it is. I mean, guys got the same expectation of you. Why not have the same expectation of them? That's right. And I know you told me one thing. uh, You pointed out something to me about men. And that was you said that, like, they don't change what it is that they have on their agenda. That's going to remain their agenda. Mm -hmm. They don't compromise on that. Mm -hmm. They don't like if they if they go play basketball with the boys on Mondays. And they've been doing that for however many years or months just because they done met you and they loving you and they enjoying time with you. That does not mean that they're going to cut off (laughs) going to play basketball with the boys on Monday. But women, we get into relationships and we will so quickly, you know, Oh, I'm not gonna oh I'm not gonna go to dinner with the girls on Saturday or brunch on Saturday because I wanna, you know, hook up with him. I wanna be available to him. We'll make ourselves so available, you know, to the men in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another habit that I am working on breaking, you know, because yeah. the one thing is always constant in your life is really gonna be your your family and your friends. Mm-hmm. You know, because romantic relationships, they do come and go until yeah. you actually, you know, make that that commitment of marriage and you, you know, say, hey, OK, we're going to stick together. You know, when you get in relationship, relationships are not for better or for worse, mm-hmm. you know, for richer or for poor. That's when you have those times when if something's not working or if somebody is exhibiting a habit that you don't like and you say, oh, you know what? I don't think I want to deal with this long term. That's your time to get out of it. You know, but marriage, it's not the same. You know, marriage, you're supposed to kind of try to work through those issues, you know, before we give up. You know. Absolutely, yeah. and I, yeah, I like I said, they do not adjust their plans. They keep to their plan, and they usually some guys even set the plan in motion. Hey, sometimes this person comes before that person, you know, because the other deep bond they have with they their boys or the deep bond they have with their family, you you should be respectful of that. But just keep in mind, you don't have to lower, you know, lower yourself, adjust yourself. Because if just as important as your family is, so are, so is, uh, you, know, you know, just as important as his family is, your family is too, or your friends are too. So don't, you know, don't change yourself. I kind of had told myself mentally when I married um, my late husband that I was not going to adjust myself. <laughs> I was going to still be Tanya. Now, you know, Tanya did still have to do some growth, so she's not the same Tanya back then. But 
I wasn't going to adjust myself. If I want to go to the movies with my girls, hey, I'm going to the movies with the girls. Okay. And that's what I respected about that relationship. Okay. It wasn't a never, it wasn't a situation where, oh, I feel like you don't spend time with me. You always want to hang out with the girls. Like, it never got down. Right. He, he respected that, you know, and it yeah. sounds like you had balance. Yeah. You don't want to be up, because uh, that's, that can, you know, when you're up under somebody, uh, like a, I think I said in a previous uh, podcast, sometimes you idolize that situation instead of, re- you know, forming the bond, you're idolizing that. Like, you're giving it this, okay, it's just me and him in this relationship and nobody else. When sometimes you need an outside air, that gives mm-hmm. y'all time to regroup, rethink, and then, like I said, absence grow, makes the heart grow fonder. Once you come back, oh, baby, I missed you today. And blah, blah, right. blah. You, you will never miss each other if you're always sitting up under each other. Exactly. <laughs> so. Well, you know what's so funny? Our conversation started out as one thing. <laughs> yes. And it ended another, but it was good because it still addressed that, you know, the title has changed. If it's, you know, society changed it. If it's your friends that changed it. It's it's changed. We are widows, yes. but that you know, you we're we widows now that's in the single world dating. Yep, and I think that's the thing is to to take the lessons. Oh, oh, this is this is golden here. So you're supposed to take the lessons that you learned as a Mrs. M R S and you apply those lessons to your life as a miss. Because mm-hmm. it's supposed to learn from everything that we experience in life, you know. And, you know, you can't unlearn stuff, you know. But we can't, um, you know, you got to take it and help. It, it helps you grow and just grow as a person. You know, we've been through some very traumatic experiences, you know, from losing husbands and, you know, now raising children by ourselves, you know, so our needs have evolved, you know, when you were single before you were single by yourself. Mm-hmm. Now you are single with a young child. So right. your needs for, you know, the person that you would be looking to, you know, join forces with is going to be very different. And just like mine, my needs now as a single empty nester, near empty nester, I have different needs than what I had when I was, you know, raising young children. You know, it's just different. And I would think that if I was single as a 50-year-old or a 60-year-old, you know, what I'm looking for at that time in my life would also be different. Right. You know, so it's all just, you know, growing experiences. But I think the best thing to take away from this, too, is to focus on how you perceive yourself, because you can't focus on how other people perceive you, you know, because they're perceiving you based on whatever their experiences are. Yeah. You know, like you said, that comedian, you know, not giving any respect Ooh, he <laughs> to got... women who weren't wise. I like, said okay, he had triggers. Yeah, do you think he had little relationship triggers? It's just some relationships that go well for hell, huh? Uh huh. Something happened along the way, you know. Yeah. That he was feeling that way. Yeah, I, I I think that that's that's exactly what was happening. He uh, just was going off of his feelings, but yeah, the you know just know, uh, yeah. No, well, yeah. he need, he needs to learn what's funny because when you're sitting in the um, audience, um, let me tell you, it's probably more women bought tickets to that show <laughs> than than the men who bought tickets to that show. Yeah, well, even, was, even yeah. if they were sitting with a man, they might have still been the one that bought them tickets. Where you getting paid from, and you are disrespecting half of the people in your audience. Yeah, that, that, I told you what that is. When the comedian has to start picking on the audience, that means they ran out of jokes. So that's the yeah. risk of being in the front. <laughs> Sometimes they can he can pick on you, and you know that's one of the risks of going to a comedy show. Because I went to one in Chicago with uh, Joy Joy uh, Joe Coy. Let me get his name right. And my friend Shanita loves him so. 
but he was pretty good. But he did get a couple of audience people together, you know. But he didn't stick. He didn't stay on that. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you stand on that, that means you ran out of jokes, and you know you just got to be, you know, just real careful with that. And like I said, you know, as you go through this journey, you will find times where you're triggered. You might feel a little shamed by people that don't realize they shaming you, and it's okay to have those feelings. That we're here to tell you, it's okay to have those feelings. And if you need to chat or talk, just ping us on Instagram. <laughs> right share share your experiences share, share, share your experience with us wow well this has been another good conversation so we'll yeah, definitely yeah. have to do it again yes until next time all right till next time bye-bye bye bye